providing you with the tools, knowledge, skills, and power to advance your career, grow your business, and build a better future for your community. We are the Tourism Academy. Welcome to Business Class. From Australia to London, chasing the Olympic Games, finding great food and drink, and working to build a culture of inclusion, not only for his organization, but for all of us around the world and travelers alike. Today's guest, Paul Gauger from Visit Britain. Paul shares with us some of his greatest travel finds and recommendations for making the most of a visit to the UK. Welcome to Business Class. Well, hello again, everybody. It is Steve Ekstrom, host of the Business Class podcast at thetourismacademy.org. I was just explaining to our guest, Paul Gauger from Visit Britain, that one of the reasons this podcast got started is because we have a lot of talk about product and we forget to talk to the people who are behind it and learn more about them. So it is with great pleasure that I welcome Paul Gauger from Visit Britain to the podcast today. Welcome to Business Class. Thank you. I'm really delighted to be here. Now, how long have you been with Visit Britain? Well, I'm a bit of a Visit Britain veteran. I've been with the um, organization for, it was 18 years just last month. Um, I joined in 2003 in London and was there for a couple of years, then New York for five years, then back to, to um, London for six years and now here in New York again for five. So I'm doing that sort of New York, London, London, New York, um, nylon, what you like to call it, um, lifestyle. What made you want to work for Visit Britain in the first place? Well, I started my career in tourism many moons ago, and you might be able to tell because of my accent. Um, you might think, no, that's a strange accent for a British guy. So I was born in England, but I grew up in Australia, and I started my career in tourism um, in a place called Adelaide in South Australia, and that was the and that was with um, the South Australian Tourism Commission, and then went on to move to Sydney and worked for the Australian Tourist Commission, which is now Tourism Australia, and then after Tourism Australia, you know, I, I, I was then thinking, gee, I really should use that British passport, and thought I wouldn't mind living in London. And so then I saw a job um, going with Visit Britain. And so that's how, that's sort of how it all came about. So I then didn't think, you know, I applied from Sydney. And I think this is where you've got to really believe in yourself because I thought, oh, this is going to be a long shot, applying for a job from Sydney to go to London. But um, yeah, we all went through the process and it all went well. And yeah, here I am 18 years later <laughs> working for Visit Britain. Paul, when you started your career with Visit Britain 18 years ago, did you see yourself being there with the company this long? And, and um how have you found your own personal growth in that time period? No, I would never have dreamt. I think you don't really think that you would stay somewhere for so long. So, you know, even now when I think about 18 years, I sort of have to pinch myself and think, did that really happen? I think once travel, like once travel gets into your skin, into your skin I sort of say that travel is in my DNA now. It's just part of who I am. And I think being part of the travel industry is just, is just that. I think once you get a member of that industry, it's hard to leave. Um, I think also because I've got a very, you know, like looking after London, England, Scotland, Wales, it's a very, you know, it's fairly compelling. It's not, if there's never a, a dull moment. We're always promoting a different thing. It's, um, it's been a very exciting um, opportunity for me throughout the years. I've worked everything. I've worked on everything from the London 2012 Olympic Games and Paralympics, which was, you know, which really was the catalyst for me coming across to visit Britain because I also worked for, um, when I worked on Tourism Australia, 
I did the um, Sydney 2000 Olympics. So it's interesting how your career sometimes develops. You don't always realize. Like I, um, I and I think that's where you've got to look at um, your opportunities that happen at work. And I'm a great believer, and there's a lot of experience that happens and opportunities, and you've got to really grab them. And just having that opportunity to work on the Sydney Olympics then led me to London 2012, which led me to the whole Visit Britain career. So it just shows you never, you never can tell what's going to happen. And um, I think it's been fantastic. And you mentioned the Olympics as being sort of a, um, a launching point that you carry with you throughout your career. What's one major lesson that you learned from working on the Olympics um, that you carry with you today? So with the Olympics, I think it was, um, it's, you know, it's, it's that major events. And people often look at an event, they see the televised event. You know, we've just recently seen Tokyo Olympics. But you, there's an enormous amount of things that go behind the scenes with any event like that. And so I think that's the thing, the preparation. It takes years of preparation to get those, you know, to get those events right. We look at it from a tourism perspective, of course. So it's really, you know, while it's showcasing sport and the Olympics, we're really about showcasing the destination. So it's really like saying, this is the city, this is the country, these are the people, the culture, the history, the heritage. So it's really um, seeing how you could leverage some of those big major events. We've had so many, and now here in the, in the UK, we've got more coming up next year in 2022. So we've got the Queen's um, Platinum Jubilee. So she'll be on the throne for 70 years. So it's an amazing feat. So that's going to be a major event next year. And then we'll be celebrating all our royal history and heritage um, but other may, you know, there's lots of major events throughout the year, whether it's, um, you know, we have City of Culture, which is another thing that um, we like to promote. And that's usually and that's in Coventry next year. Um, but also there's the ones that happen every year. So things like, you know, Wimbledon, um, Edinburgh Festivals, you know, major events like that. And the events industry is something that's really um, stood out for me personally. What moment throughout all of those 18 years has really stood out as the most exciting or, or the most um the one that makes you most proud, I think. Um, one of the other things I've been, I've done is I've sort of been the, I've sort of spearheaded a lot of our LGBTQ um, marketing campaigns. So I've, we've got a campaign called Love Us Great Britain, and that campaign's been going since 2014, and it's been a very successful campaign where we really celebrate diversity and showcase um, Britain and um, London and Britain as an LGBTQ friendly destination that welcomes everybody. We've really, you know, and people know our, our cities, you know, like London and Manchester and Brighton and places like that, which are sort of like very famous capitals for us. But we want to really showcase that, you know, that we can promote the destination all year round. And so that's been a really, it's been one of the highlights for me is being to be able to celebrate that, that diversity and inclusion and really get that incorporated in our marketing. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because it's been a common theme in the last probably six episodes that we've recorded diversity and inclusion. And, and when you look around at the company as it is today compared to what it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, how has the company grown? How has the organization grown? I think I'm, I'm really proud of Visibridge because I think they've always, it's been one of those, it's been part of their DNA where I think they've always done a lot of LGBTQ marketing and same with, um, with um, Tourism Australia, when I was with them as well, I introduced a lot of their, that activity as well, you know, promoting things like the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras or the Sydney Gay Games. So then in um, the UK, we've had, you know, we've had World Pride in London in 2012. So that was another event I was working on. Um, and I think a lot of our marketing has been 
it's it's incorporated that element, but I think with the Love is Great campaign, it really, you know, that's part of the government, the British government's um, great campaign, and it really has um, put it in the forefront. And I think it's we really, it really showcases British values and that we, you know, this is not lip service. I look at some, you, know, you do see some companies where you might think, okay, they're just doing this round pride season or, you know, like we all heard that term, pinkwashing. But it's, you know, for us, it's not like that. It's for us, it's where, like, it's a campaign and it's part of our, you know, everything that we deliver, our content. And I think, like you've said, in the past few years, even more companies and more people are really, like, DNI, that whole diversity and inclusion is becoming, a, you know, it's paramount. And I think people have really got to get behind that. And we we always have. And I just, I just think we're going from strength to strength. Pinkwashing is a term that I can't say I use often enough, and I will. I leave for holiday tomorrow, and I will use that term every day. (laughs) (laughs) Now, who's someone that really stands out to you as having made an impact on your career? I've been very lucky. I think um, I've always had very good relationships with my my leadership team, and I think that's where you've got to – I've always – not that I've made it my business to get on with, with, with people, I think relationships are crucial. Relationships are key. And I think I've always been quite lucky that I've always recognised the importance and had people that really have mentored me or have wanted to see my career grow and help me right from the very beginning. So um, where I've, you know, like I initially was working more in that general travel space, then developed more into communications. So it was someone very early in my career who thought I'd be very good at more on the comm side. To right, right up to now, where our um, chief, chief executive Sally Balkan, um had the confidence to bring me over here as well, and saw you know saw the the strength in me to to help lead all the operations. I work alongside um, Gavin Landry, who's our executive vice president, and he's been an inspirational leader as well, who's empowered me to to do my role. So I think it's 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 they've been two really big ones for me. Visit Britain, well, I'm you know a very open, transparent person and I think that's a, that's a key as well so for anyone coming up like I think being your authentic self has been really important to me so bringing you know bringing your authentic self to work and um and being true to who you are how would you describe then your authentic self I'm an openly gay man and I've never never hit my sexuality and right from probably in, at the time when it probably wasn't a thing to do so early in my career and I think people have appreciated that I think it's been a you know, some you know. Obviously, I, I don't know everything. Like some people may not have appreciated that, but I think. In the, <laughs> but I think now it's been a been an opportunity where people have been. Yeah, it's been fine. It's helped me lead up those things like the Love is Great campaign. I'm a great believer in my teams as well. Like it's like to really empower people. I think it's. I'm not one of those people to micromanage. I think it's where you know how you can. You know, I'm a bit like it's not sink or swim, but I want to empower people to make sure that they they feel they can do the job. And I know that's what my leadership has given me. I try to reciprocate that as well. I am also an openly gay man. I've never even tried to hide it. I don't think I could if I tried. (laughs) Uh, Going back to being a child and wanting to be a witch for Halloween. (laughs) And my mom told me boys can't be witches, so I had to be a warlock. And it was really confusing to the neighbors, but I had fun. I remember going to my parents taking me to a concert. I was so young. I might have been like seven or eight. There was a male um, singer back in Australia, and um, they asked me afterwards, well, how did you enjoy the concert? And I said, oh, it's fantastic. When I grow up, I'm going to marry him. And she was, my mum was like, hmm. And she goes, well, <laughs> and she goes, well you, can't, you can't do that. And then I was very innocently, well, why not? I just always knew, I suppose. And so that was why it was great when we did get marriage for same-sex couples in the UK. 
Did you have to catalog the fan mail? <laughs> no, no. Uh, very modest, very modest. But, um, yeah, but I, it, is a, it is a campaign I'm very proud of. A piece of advice that stood with you over the years, what would that be? It goes back to being that, you know, being true to yourself. Um, I believe that, like, you know, hard work does pay off. Um, you do learn a lot on the job. So, again, uh, you know, your, your history really helps pave the way. So I think if you are open to new ideas, really learning what you can, um, embracing change, embracing opportunities, and, and just going with it. And I don't know if that's the, you know, I've never, sometimes I've, I've had things that have really just been, um, I don't know if the word thrown at me is right, but it's like landed in my lap. And, and but then again, if you just, you know, if you dive in, you, you take on take on that. And I think that's really important. And, in you, and of course, we all learn, you know, we learn by our mistakes. We learn by our leaders. We've all had good leaders and bad leaders. And communication is key. Um, chat to everybody at every level. And I don't often think to see people on the, on the rise, but then also think when you're on the rise, you also can be also on the, on the way down as well. So it's always when people remember both ways when you're going up and down the ladder. <laughs> what is your earliest travel memory? My earliest travel memory? Goodness me. And maybe this was this. Maybe this was what paved the way. My first international travel from from Australia was going to Europe. My first stop was London, so I did do and I did do London and and parts of England because I wanted to then retrace a little bit of my ancestry and see where I was born and do a lot of that. And then going across Europe, so I, I did do one of those very busy European trips where it was, you know, I think it was like ten countries in twenty days. So I really did value. <laughs> I did really value my my week in England. And so I think what I've learned is yes, really savor the moment, enjoy those trips. You know, you don't you know travel at your own pace. Do you see yourself taking an adventure like that again? Maybe not so rushed, but visiting multiple cities in in a sort of itinerary for yourself personally. The way I travel now is I tend to pick a country and then I'll do that country really well. So it could be multiple destinations in a, you know in a particular country and for me even with the uk i still haven't seen it all even after 18 years there's still plenty to see so i've still got to i've still got to do more of that um but yeah i think it's a week seems like a lot but sometimes it's not i think you know that to, to really have a proper vacation a real holiday and to switch off and to i recommend two weeks for anybody <laughs> if they can do it um in australia you get you know get and, and in the uk you get quite a lot of holiday go ahead and rub it in a quick reminder about the Tourism Academy, offering online, on-demand, and live in-person training so that you can create stakeholder alignment, demonstrate the relevance of tourism to your community, empower local businesses, and improve the local tourism experience so you can have more positive social mentions, longer stays, and more repeat high-volume visitors. Build a culture of inclusion while saving time and money with online tourism ambassador training and certification by the Tourism Academy, tourismacademy.org. You know, I found that contrast between the European and, and Australian vacations where you get multiple weeks and the American vacationers who travel for, you know, maybe a week or, or at most two weeks at a time, typically. Um, how do you think those two audiences treat vacations differently? I think, yeah, from, from Australia, for example, you have to, unless you're going to Asia, but even, even when you go to Asia, that's still probably a 10-hour flight. You know, depending where where you're going in Asia, so there's there's always that long it is that long flight regardless of where you are. So then you always think, well, I want to spend at least a week or two weeks going somewhere. 
So I think it's just in the mindset and the psyche. And Australians will just hop on a plane. They don't, they don't, you know, like it doesn't mean if you're thinking, oh God, it's a 24 hour flight. It's like, it's a 24 hour flight. I think sometimes the reverse is like where people might look at the distance of flight. Um, but then from, from California, California is our number one, number one market to the UK. And so from California, that's like an 11 hour, 10 or 11 hour flight. So people, I think, yeah, people, people will definitely do it. And Americans will do that even just for a, they will just go for a week from the West Coast. I think it's easier, obviously, from the East Coast. So people can do those weekend, you know, those longer weekends. You probably just do a, a four-day, five-day city break in London or one of the other, you know, up into Edinburgh or, or Manchester or Liverpool. So it just depends on where. It depends on the person. I think if you're a well-travelled person, you really realise that it's the experiences and the memories and it's not, you know, like trying not to rush. It's like, you know, really savouring the moment. And we can learn so much from travel. I know it's like a bit of a cliche, but I feel that, you know, one of the best educations you can get is travelling and, and seeing the world and, and meeting different people, different cultures, and just learning that way. What's something that you have learned from meeting different people in different cultures? You know, something that really stands out to you? I've been lucky in my job because in both my roles, both um, at Tourism Australia and Visit Britain, I've they've been international roles, so they've been global roles. So I've led global teams, you know, with working with, um, you know, saying like 30 to 35 offices around the world. So again, it's learning how, learning different styles and different and different cultures and, you know, it's everything. Again, like what we try to showcase is the, it's the people, it's the food, it's the history. And I think it's learning just, just it just opens your eyes to how different people think. It's interesting when you do the exchange. Someone recently asked me about Australia and they, and they wanted to know um, if Australians spoke English. And I was like, okay, so this is a person who hasn't travelled very much. So get, <laughs> hop on that plane, get on that train and get out and about. And, I don't know, for me, it's just personally, I just love it. I just love, you know, I've been, and I'm fairly well-travelled. I try to pick a new destination and I've just met some great people. For me, it's about the people. I would agree with that. And I think one of the things that I've learned is that people who work in travel and people who love to travel tend to have a love for learning. Do you find that... That's true for you as well? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely want to see the major sites. I want to see the major attractions and think, great, um, got to tick that off the list. But I also like, probably hate that term, hidden gems, but the, the, you know, the ones off the, off the things off the beaten path and you know, really checking those out. And I think that's, that's been good for me. I think it's what I recommend for people if they're, they're traveling to the UK. It's like, yeah, you've, you, you might have been to London before, but have you done all the neighborhoods of London? There's different parts of London. It's getting outside of London, so I think again, people are saying, like, don't, people don't realise it's such a it's such an easy place to get around, whether that's by train. Um, we're only about seventy miles from the coast for any any one place. You know, it's the history, the heritage. It's learning with Britain. You learn so much about the history and and the heritage, but also there's a modern side to the UK as well that people don't realise. If you spend some time, and you go discovering, you realise that there's there's a whole modern side and a dynamic side to Britain as well as the history and heritage uh, a, a great example of that on my last trip i visited a historic site and leaving there went to a very modern chic restaurant just outside the walls and it was a wonderful juxtaposition moment of recognizing you know past and present yeah i think in the uk again you've got like people think about all the british pub and of course you can go to the british pub and have your fish and chips or bangers and mash but then you can also go to these real where it's like an amazing, amazing meal. And you know, some of them are like you know, award-winning Michelin star type, type restaurants. 
And again, with all the food that's in, in the UK, there's so many different cultures. So that's where they brought all that in. I get a feeling that if when you and I hang out, we could talk about food for hours. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I love food. I probably love food too much. But <laughs> 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 food and drink. Great, great gin. Gin in the UK. So I don't mind the other chicken tonic. Plus, we're getting award-winning wines, sparkling wines. So maybe mm. we'll have to have a, an English sparkling in a Michelin star restaurant or something. Get you over there. Listen, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> if folks want to learn more about visiting Britain or get in touch with you, how would you suggest they do that? So to learn more about Visit Britain itself, um, definitely go onto our website, visitbritain.com, and that's where you'll see all the information about England, Scotland, uh, Wales, Northern Ireland, London. So we've you know we cover the whole the whole area, and you just see you know I'd really spend some time on that. Um, if they wanted to reach out to me and just hear about more about my my experiences and my career personally, um, you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on Twitter, so there's different ways that they could reach out to me as well. Always, and I'm I'm definitely um, open to helping people, and especially like anyone who wants just you know, because I think a lot of people have helped me in my career, and I always I think that's you know that's where it's important to give back and to be you know a great believer in that. And if I've got the time, I'm definitely happy to help. Fantastic. And we wrap up with a card game. So I'm going to ask you to pick a number one to 10. Um, we'll go with eight. Number eight. If you live to the age of 90, would you rather retain the mind or body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life? Well, I think my body's well gone from ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, thanks to all that eating and drinking. Uh, so I would say, well, let's, let's go for the mind. Yeah, keep, keep the mind active. Keep embracing new experiences, um, enjoying life. I hope I, I hope I do live to ninety, and I want to you know look back and think, yeah, that's that was that was pretty good. This conversation was pretty good as well. I'm glad you were able to join me here in business class. It was a pleasure. All right, well, I hope to see you in the UK soon. You and I both hope. <laughs> Take a course, train your people, teach what you love, promote your products, donate today at tourismacademy.org, a 501c3 nonprofit organization.